What's going on, Spitfires? Welcome back to another episode of the Spitfire Podcast. I am your host, Lauren Lemunyan, the Spitfire Coach, and I hope you are all doing well. I hope you're safe. I hope you're taking good care of not just your your physical health, but your mental health. We are still in very uncertain times uh, from the pandemic, from employment, politically, racially, socially. Things are kind of literally on fire in the world. Uh, California, as of today, is just dealing with some insane wildfires and people are losing their homes. Um, and, you know, there's just so much going on. Uh, today, I'm talking about how you handle difficult, domineering personalities. So we're talking today about how you handle those people who take up space in group conversations. I was talking today with a client and like many of us is working from home and this can happen in person too. And we talked about how frustrated she was feeling running a meeting and feeling like one or two personalities were steamrolling her, were taking over the conversation, were just filling the space and by the time the hour that was planned was up, she felt like nothing was getting accomplished. That they were saying what they wanted to say, but she wasn't achieving what she wanted to. And so we step through a process using fear, using her emotions to dig in to what was really going on. And we talked about the feeling of not feeling heard, of feeling like she was out of control and powerless, that she didn't matter. And, and I realized this is at the heart of inclusion and diversity. Diversity can mean many things. It can mean, you know, race, religion, gender, age, ability level. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different educations. We all have different experiences that make us who we are. And what ends up happening is if one, meaning the person who takes up the most space, dominates it, it prevents diversity, it prevents inclusion, it prevents equity. And so what she was feeling was that her, her agenda, not even her agenda, but her, her voice, her thoughts, her opinions, and the other people on the call didn't matter. And I think that's where it really struck a nerve. She was like, I want to make sure everyone that's here has space, has a place to voice what they're thinking and feeling. And what was happening is this person, these people who are speaking, they're not bad people, but what happens is when there's silence, when there's available space, they inadvertently take it up because they say, somebody's got to talk here. And she wasn't able to create the space and to maintain the space for people who are more introverted or who, are, who take more time to process. She wasn't able to hold that space for them. And so it was feeling, that feeling of not belonging, of not mattering, of not including was really permeating through these meetings. And so we were able to prioritize the agenda first and foremost. So I've created this kind of red, yellow, green, and red, yellow, green is nothing new, but red, yellow, greening your agenda, meaning that red gets the top line. Anything that is urgent, a top priority, deadline driven in the near future that needs to be dealt with now goes to the top line. 
The second, the middle part of the agenda, is the yellow, meaning that it's coming up, that things need to be handled to keep things moving, people need to be really thinking about it moving forward. And then the green section are the nice-to-haves, the more informative things of, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing, or let's brainstorm this. Those are nice to talk about when we have the time. So if there's space for it, absolutely you can talk about. And the reason for doing that is you are inadvertently, not inadvertently, you are kind of subconsciously sectioning off the different urgency, the different space levels, which means that when you bring up a topic that is deadline-driven, and someone starts to steer it off to the course that they want to talk about that's actually a green, you, as the meeting holder, have every right to steer it back into the red section. And you do that by first acknowledging the person, of saying, you know, that's a great idea. I can see how that connects here. So what we're going to do is we're going to, we're going to put that into the green section of our agenda. Or why don't you and I have an offline conversation, because this sounds like a great idea. It leaves that person feeling, I've been acknowledged, I've been validated, and I've been given future steps. I have a place. What typically will happen if we're not aware of it is we just try to shut it down or we allow it to continue. So that doesn't get our needs met. It doesn't get their needs met because everyone's checked out when they start talking. So we can give them space to talk about their idea, but once we acknowledge it as not being a red item or not being about our specific agenda item that we're talking about, we need to correct it. We need to course correct it. So we're in the driver's seat and we're just steering it back into our lane. We're putting our hands back on the driver's, on the driver's wheel and we're saying, I appreciate you, buckle up, let's get to our destination together. And that's really how you deal with people. When they don't feel seen or heard, they're going to make a scene. It, may be, it might be a quiet scene. They might be rolling their eyes. They might turn their camera off. They might have a deep, heavy sigh. But if we aren't aware, not even if we're not aware, if we don't do anything when we're aware, then we are allowing that cycle to continue. We are allowing people to not feel included. We are creating a culture of exclusion. So let's break down the steps on how to create a more diverse, a more equitable, and a more inclusive environment in your meetings. The first step is to be clear on your intention and your objective for each meeting. So if you want to create a more diverse and inclusive and equitable meeting, then you get to say that. So at the start of the meeting, you say, I wanna hear from everybody. And as the facilitator of this meeting, as the person who created the agenda, as the person who, who put everybody together, I'm going to make sure that everybody has a voice. That is what my intention is. That is my role. And if I notice that somebody is kind of talking a lot, then we're going to just steer it back. So I, I want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. So you just put that out there. And you also create a shared language. You create a shared mutual language with the red, yellow, green. And you can do this ahead of the meeting. You can say, here's how we're going to structure our meetings. We wanna make sure that the most urgent and important things are dealt with first. And if you have something that feels urgent and important, let me know ahead of time so that I can make sure that it's included. 
So you're asking people for input, not assuming that you know what's on their mind. And you also have the ability, if they feel like it's urgent and important, but you don't see it in the same way, of responding back to them and saying, you know, I'm getting the sense that this might be a yellow. Let me know if there's something I'm missing. So it allows for that curiosity and two-way exchange for us to correct, for us to understand what they're thinking, what they're feeling. So we're using the shared language, we've set our intention and our objective, and we create the space by looking at body language, by listening to the tone, by getting the sense from our gut that people are in alignment or they're not. And the way that you do that is you have a shared mission. Each group that comes together is coming together for some reason. So if you have a group that is all about events, online events, your mission is something to the effect of to create impactful, engaging content that will provide education, connection, and community. I just totally like pulled that from my back pocket. But everyone should feel on the same page. And if they're not, then it is your job to get the sense of why aren't they? What are they not feeling included on? And so it's coming to it as a leader who creates space, who creates inclusion. So if you notice that someone's kind of drifting, you have the opportunity of saying, hey, what do you think about this? And if you sense that they're kind of still drifting, then you talk to them offline of just saying, hey, I noticed that you weren't really engaged. I noticed that, you know, something something was going on. And I, and I just wanted to, to talk to you and see what role you wanted to play with this or what's happening here. You know, what are your thoughts here? Some people don't feel comfortable speaking in big crowds. And it's also not up to them to make it right or to make it better. If we have been operating in a way that excludes people, we can't expect the people who have felt excluded to suddenly want to be included. We have to create those pathways of trust. We have to open those doors and invite people in. But ultimately, they are not there to open the doors. They are not there to build the pathways because they didn't build the walls. So if we acknowledge that there may have been walls built, we can also work with people to say, where would you like that door? What's a pathway that works? And we include people by inviting them and also by acknowledging and validating their unique perspective, their unique experience. If we don't know, we don't know. And the problem is, is that when we get into our stress reaction, anything that isn't what we think is right or anything that we haven't experienced, our brain is like, nope, that doesn't feel familiar. That must be wrong. So it's up to us to take that pause and to be like, am I having this reaction because I don't know enough or because it doesn't feel right? And typically it will be because you don't know enough. Once you know, you can then make a judgment call of this is in alignment or this is out of alignment. But if we are quick for that knee-jerk reaction, that is a key indicator that we're in our stress reaction. And we can't be open and inclusive leaders if we're in our stress reaction. That's where we just go to like reactive mode of protection or fight. So first take a deep breath. and get clear on your intention for your meeting, create a shared language, notice when things feel in or out of alignment, call things out when they're great, 
call out great ideas, acknowledge people for their amazing ideas. And if somebody feels like they're on the fringes or they're not included, it is up to you to have those honest conversations and to open the doors for people. Remember, we are all a part of this, but you as a leader have, have a responsibility to do something when you see something. Not to brush it under the rug, not to avoid it, but to use your voice to bring people in, to empower them, to activate their own leadership ability. I hope this was helpful. I hope that you are including people and bringing people to the table, whether you are working remotely or you're doing social distancing in an office. But remember to take yourself out of it, to depersonalize. This isn't about you. This is about all of us. And when we can speak from the we, we can bring everybody together and create some really awesome stuff. So you guys keep being awesome and I'll check you on the flip side.